Hello, you're listening to Thought Starters, a podcast on the business of creativity, recorded in the pod at White City Place. I'm David Michon. In this episode, we meet a prolific product designer and a serial entrepreneur to discuss the many challenging hurdles in transforming good ideas into good products that are finally able to make it to market. What are the dynamics behind the scene that can help or hinder a smooth process? When you're sitting on a potentially transformative business idea, is it better to get it out in the world as quickly as possible or hold back and make sure it's the best it can be? I'm Yves Behar. I'm a designer and a founder of Fuse Project and the co-founder of August and um, Canopy. I'm Asad Hamir. I'm, uh, I'm the founder of Noli. Uh, we're a design-led tech brand and I've been in business for the last 10 years. Eve is a design entrepreneur who believes that product, digital, and brand design are cornerstones of any business. He's the founder of Fuse Project, the San Francisco-based design and branding firm he established in 1999, and is co-founder of startup August, a next-generation home entry system. He's also collaborated with brands such as Herman Miller, GE, Puma, PayPal, SodaStream, Samsung, Issey and Prada. Asad Hamir is a serial entrepreneur. He is founder and co-founder of three businesses, telecommunications company Onnit, lifestyle-focused technology brand Noli, and most recently, Click, a forthcoming business technology company. The thing I dislike the most is when a project ends up in a drawer. This is the total, um, it's the death of your you know, passion when something gets put away because it can't be made or because somebody doesn't want to make it anymore for um, for some reason. And so, you know, I try to avoid that and have, you know, not just a passion for the original idea, because when you have this aha moment, when you when you've built something and you like and you and you think and you realize how different it is, how unique it is, how much it can bring uh, to someone, then I'm obsessed about taking that out uh, into the world. Mm. And not taking it into the world is a heartbreak. Yeah. I mean, it is the worst feeling of, 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 of being a designer. And so, you know, I think, I guess, over the years, or over the last 20 years or so, um, I want to avoid as much as possible yeah. um, you know, to see projects that I love, that I'm excited about, end up in a drawer. Yeah. Um, and and so we've really developed uh, a discipline, both internally and internally, to you know study the the you know the all those challenges ahead of time. Yeah. Uh, we have technologists on staff. We can make mock-ups. We can make working prototypes. Um, you know, we can have you know partners on the outside that help us with that and you know i mean design is a team sport and um, there's no way just being a single designer in a studio um, you will make some of these dreams come come true so you have to be a good team player you have to have it you know if you can you have to have a team around around yourself yeah. i think we're you know about 100 people at fuse project which um uh which is a lot but it's not enough. If you want to get something made, yeah. um, you need you know great partners, great clients, great, great manufacturers, um, and you need I think to have a stake in it. Because if you have a stake in the outcomes, yeah. you're much more likely to act responsibly 
and to uh, follow through to 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 really need to 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 go make this. So, yeah. you know, in the last um, in the last fifteen years or so, we've we've been partners in about fifteen different startups, uh, uh, fifty different startups, um, and um, and I'm I can I'm proud of the fact that a lot of them are out there, you know, changing people's experiences. Yeah, and I think the UK has been a little bit slower to kind of take that kind of model up. You're seeing it more and more. Um, in our business, we've actually done the same uh, as well. We partnered with a couple of design agencies. And um, why do you think it works? Like, um, you know, and do, would you recommend that as a model for the design industry? Do you think that's where the design industry needs to go, kind of go? Um, working, you know, side by side with brands? So in 2004, I started to partner with um, with companies, and they tended to be, you know, young companies, uh, graduates from Stanford or Berkeley, and um, you know, I called it the sort of venture design, um, and you know, it doesn't always work because you're basically like a venture capitalist. So if a fraction of the projects you work on get out in the world, um, you you know, you're successful. Um, in our case, I would say it's closer to 50%. Um, and it's because you're really putting together great entrepreneurs, people with that business mind, with that, with that uh, market vision, and designers who know how to make things, realize them, you know, from brand to experience to packaging to product. Mm. Um, and... When you put those two together, your chances of success go higher. Yeah. Um, and um, you know the, the the level of professionalism, the level of uh, technical ability um, and creative ability, um, you know, really really makes a difference in the outcomes. I mean, some some people call it call that an unfair advantage mm-hmm. um, when you have um, an experienced design team, you know, sort of working side to side yeah. um, with, uh, with an entrepreneur. Um, and so, yes, I believe um, we, we, you know, I think we kind of started the notion of uh, design venture. And I think it is, um, I think it is essential to for, you know, for great outcomes. Yeah, because I think like in Noli, I was the kind of creative spirit, I guess, behind the idea. Um, and I guess the problem that I first came across with tech was my own. Um, but then to kind of connect the dots between the problem and the solution, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's where we started working with a design agency, with a product design agency. Uh, I'm keen to understand, like, the way I've structured different elements of design, so like brand and graphics, is actually a partner with different agencies. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I've got, I've got people that are invested in, in the brand, but they they have their own specialism. And sometimes I've found with, uh, product design agencies, they're really good at product and they'll say they will, they'll do the brand, they'll do the marketing, mm-hmm. they'll do this, but they're not necessarily, I've found the best at that area. What, what's your thoughts on, on that? And what would you like recommend <clears throat> someone like me who's starting up? Sure. So having ha- having built a company named Fuse Project, and <laughs> Fuse Project stands for fusing um, different disciplines yeah. uh, at the service of a big idea. Yeah. Um, you know what I when I did this in in two thousand, um, what I was looking, uh, I was hearing about, and I was working at a supposedly integrated agency. But the reality was that 
you know, the graphic design team or the packaging team or the industrial design team were working in completely separate silos and nobody was talking to each other. And so it took a long time, but I eventually assembled a team that um, likes to talk to each other mm. and has their own uh, discipline, their own specialty, their own capability, their own passion for font or typography or for um, innovation and, and, and new materials and design. Yeah. And so my, you know, my, my issue with different, you know, uh, uh, with, with new products, especially uh, with venture and, and with entrepreneurship, is that you need really deep knowledge in all these places. Mm. Um, you need deep knowledge in how to build a great brand, a great product, a great app, a great um, uh, tech set. And, um, and, and, it, and, and it has to be fully sort of coordinated. It has to be an ecosystem. Because when it's not, you know, the consumer kind of sees through that, right? We're, we're, we're now used to cohesive uh, brands. And so, you know, I believe the ideal situation is to have um, people working very closely together, either within the same agency or, you know, across separate agencies. Mm. But um, I think collaboration needs to be um, inher- you know, in, in, inherited and inherent to, um, you know, to, to, um, to an entrepreneurial project. You can always sort of end up in places that, um, you know, in, in, at an impasse, right? And the way around that is um, really to be, to be flexible with, you know, I would say some of the details, some of the materiality, some of the form at the service of the big idea. Because the big idea tends to be the idea of, um, that experience, right? And so the magical experience that which you have decided to build your entire company around, that should be what guides um, everything that happens after that. And, you know, whether the plastic is exactly the shape of this color is really secondary yeah. to the experience. Um, um, it doesn't mean that, you know, you should fundamentally change it, but you need to understand as a designer, you know, that you are at the service of the experience, which eventually will be the success for for a project. But also the factory that you're working with has to have the same mindset as you. Um, because there's nothing worse. If if you get into anything, whether it's a relationship or whatever, if you're not on the same page, you mm-hmm. know, at the beginning, then a year, two years down the line, because don't, you know, you know, anyone thinks product is, you know, six months or a year, like... Uh, it's not. It's a two, three-year relationship you're going to have with your factory and your factory partners before you actually ship anything. Um, and um, you know, I think I think that negotiation kind of side of things is is super, super important. And I think mm-hmm. part of that also is like you got to like you got to when you go there. Like when I go to China, I always bring loads of chocolates. They love their English chocolates, right? <laughs> so take the chocolates and you know the shortbread biscuits and and all that kind of stuff. And you got to you got to play that side of things as well. I think as well. Um, you got to build relationships because, you know, the idea is you want to build your relationship that you can work with these people for nine, ten years, you know, hopefully. Um, Absolutely. And, and you know, apart from me, the, the idea of creating a, um, um, you know, a venture design uh, part of, of our work was actually about relationships as well. Mm. Um, because 
I, I, I clearly discovered in the early days of my um, design practice that the, the longer I worked with someone, the longer I worked with an entrepreneur, the better it, it got. And that, you know, you can look historically at, um, at sort of great brands and, and, and great designers, and you can see that, you know, their best work was done over a period of 10, 20, 30 plus years. Yeah. Um, and, um, but how do you create a long-term relationship with a company that, you know, doesn't have, can't afford, you know, uh, uh, very large fees, and it's just nascent, it's just starting. Mm. And uh, being a partner, being a co-founder, um, being an advisor, all those things allow for that to happen. Yeah. And you're right, it's the same with manufacturers. If it goes well, uh, it will it will last, um, um, you know, that, that same amount of time. Um, you know, chocolates will do that in the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> but there needs to be other types of chocolates, um, which is the success of yeah. the product, the success of the relationship. Um, that will be the ultimate chocolate. <laughs> Do you think about how you sell the product, like when in that design process? So, like when yeah. it comes to retail, mm -hmm. or you're thinking direct consumer, how does that how does that come in? Like, how do you consider that? Well, I think we live in an era where it's not as much anymore about the advertising, about the marketing. Um, you know, people need to be able. You know, a brand is a vessel, um, and people will relate to that brand. Um, in their own way, right? It used to be that all brand and marketing and advertising was done based on images. If you relate to this guy's look or to this woman's look, um, you know, you will like the product, you know, yeah. uh, that it comes with. But I think people are not so naive anymore. And also, you know, the diversity of the world that we live in um, makes it nearly impossible for um for an image-based, um, you know, uh, type of approach, which means that what 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 is left? So, you know, for me, what's left is that magical experience that can be um, used in different ways, that can be integrated into some somebody's life in different ways, um, and that is the sort of your core selling, mm. you know, point. And so that's why. You know, we'll compromise on a lot of different things, mm. but we won't compromise on why this experience will be magical for me and for you. Mm. Um, and, um, you know, I'll use an example. For example, the August Smart Lock, uh, when I brainstormed it um, with my co-founder, Jason Johnson, you know, the, it wasn't about building a smart lock. It was about letting people into their homes without them having to touch a key or touch their phone. It was this auto unlock as well as auto lock feature. And we weren't going to launch the product if it wasn't going to do that because mm -hmm. it, it wasn't a, um, a change of experience enough. Yeah. It wasn't a, 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 a step that, um, that was truly going to transform you know, that space. Um, and so it took a little bit longer. I mean, I, and, and, and this thing about urgency is completely wrong in product development. Yeah. There, there, there is no urgency. Yeah. If you have something truly unique, you're the one, only one who has it. Yeah. And being first to market has never been um, uh, a, a mark for, you know, a criteria for success. Mm. Being, having the right experience, having the right product at the right time, um, that's one thing that I've learned yeah. is actually more important. I've, uh, you know, when you've been too early a few times, you realize that 
taking your time and doing it right is um, is uh, is the right move. You're listening to Thought Starters, recorded in the pod at White City Place. In conversation are designer Eve Bahar and entrepreneur Asad Hamir. The story has to be uh, told from the product, and like mm-hmm. you know, that story has to be communicated then in a you know in a magical way um, for then to people to connect with not just the product but with the brand eventually and it, yeah. yeah and what it stands yeah. for and it's not just about you know in the case of august it's it's not just a you know a lock this is a new way of thinking mm-hmm. you know about um how you you know interact with your smart locks in your house really and how technologies potentially you start to think where technology is going to go to in your house mm-hmm. you know off the back of that um, so no, I totally agree with that. What we said in the early um, uh, investor decks was, um, it's about changing the mentality from who, from a lock being about who you keep out, yeah. to being who you let in, yeah. into your home, into your life, um, and um, and there's there's this, this wider and wider circle of people that uh, come into your home, whether it's. Um, friends and family, as well as uh, services that come into your home. Mm-hmm. And um, there needs to be a trusted way that this can happen, mm-hmm. a better way than making a key and mm-hmm. giving it to someone and not being able to take it back, yeah. right? Yeah. And not knowing who is using that key. Yeah. Um, so that, that, was, um, that, was a, that was the premise. But I think every project has that, has the potential to have that. Yeah. Um, and our responsibility is to attempt to, it, it doesn't always work. As I said earlier, um, you know, doing something new and being in, an entrepreneur is, uh, is, a, is a very risky endeavor. Yeah. But when it does work, um, it is because you followed through yeah. fully on the experience, and the experience drove the brand and the love for um, the love for the brand. Yeah, I mean, I I believe in design, um, and I, I really do believe in the power of design and how a design process and how individuals. I, I do believe design is all about the people, and it's the collective of people that brought into that kind of design process that unearth that, you know, that magic that comes through. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that we're really excited about and something that um, we really want to kind of look at is how, like, there's so much tech out there. Like, there's so much, you know, so many new things, so many new um, experiences that are being, you know, changed with technology. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I saw one it's being exhibited in LDF where, you know, something you put on your hair is quite good, probably good for me, where it helps you, you know, your hair follicles grow back. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and it's it's becoming more and more kind of in, in your face almost. You know, it's, it's, it's more everywhere you look, there's this stuff that's interacting and, of course, enhancing your life. But something that I'm really excited about is how technology um, is in the background. And I know your philosophy is all about this. Mm-hmm. Um, like, where do you, th- like... With how people are interacting right now um, with tech, how do you see that changing? Do you? I mean, do you think? Do you think it is going to change? Do you like I've seen the the phone, which literally has nothing else other than 
the you know ability to call and the ability to make mm-hmm. a text message and everything else is removed. Is that the answer? Um, you know, how, how, what do you think we should be doing as millennials or Gen Z, and how should we be interacting with technology? I actually think that when technology fails, it's not you know it's not technology's fault. It's really a design problem, um, and when um, when technology is allowed to be interruptive, to be um, to be something that sort of takes away from you know from your from your everyday life, something that complicates it, something that requires uh, constant monitoring and management, um, or that that is built to draw your attention, yeah. such as social apps, for you know, uh, for example. Um, I think this is really when when it fails sort of the human contract, you know, the human yeah. contract, which is, I'm in front of you, we're, we're you know, we're having this conversation, um, this is my focus, this is what I'm doing now, this is why I'm present. Um, I think, I think um, design has an important role there to play, which is um, to defeature things, to simplify them, to put them in the background. Mm. Um, and there is an inherent tension there, right, between, you know, what, what, is, what people call engagement, um, the maximum amount of engagement, getting more and more of it, um, and, um, and really what human needs and, you know, what humans need. And I think, you know, for me, it's been a combination of working with humanistic uh, entrepreneurs um, and um, and being able to, you know, to 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 influence, um, you know, for that that perspective. Yeah. I mean, the, the, probably the two projects I'm most proud of is the Samsung the Frame TV. Love it. Um, and um, and uh, the Snoo, the happiest baby Snoo, the smart bassinet, because both of those are fundamentally solving. A problem with technology, but technology is somewhat invisible mm. in that solution. Yeah. Um, in fact, it almost, you know, in the case of the Samsung, the Frame TV, it also it it, it brings a non-tech experience mm. to a tech product and yeah. and and makes it relevant. Um, you know, I just I'm I'm hoping to do more of that, and I think that's really uh, uh, design's biggest contribution um, and opportunity. So. There's still a lot of work to do. Yeah. So you've been thrown into this world of building technology products, <laughs> of um, dealing with designers, dealing with manufacturers, um, dealing with um, all the brain damage, as I call it, <laughs> um, of the space. Um, and um, you know, how do you feel? I mean, you know, you still have a lot of passion for the product, um, yes. a lot of excitement for what's coming out. Um, that's the way I always feel about about um, where when I am at the stage, sort of yeah. the just pre-launch stage. Yeah. Um, and are you able to sort of think about what's next, what you want to do after this first, you know, range of products, um, which you know I think is is a quality in entrepreneurs is to be able to see, to always be excited about what's next, while at the same time taking care of the present of what needs to be built and shift? So um, I tend to surround myself with people that keep me focused um, because I'm one of these people that has always got the next idea. Um, So I think like I'm always, I am always looking at that next thing. 
Um, but I think what's really important for for Noli, and I think you know, it's been it's been challenging, definitely. Um, but when you're doing something hard, and you know, and and you know, you're coming up with those challenges, that's when you know that you've got something special. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you know that you know people want the product, they're messaging you, retailers are messaging you, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, you know, you you know, you've got you've got something. So you you just got to push through. You know, mm-hmm. and um, you know, at the moment it's tough also because it's a very small team. Uh, we work with some excellent partners now, um, but I think through the process as well, as you get more excited and you know your product gets more excited, it becomes more of a re- reality. Other people start to join you and spot you. We live in a you mm-hmm. know world where everything is global, right through social media and uh, online. So you know we've met some amazing partners just through that process, and and you know that gives you more energy. Um, so I think, um, you know, we're definitely like looking at what's next and you've got to start from now, right? Cause you think this has yeah. taken us three years and so you've got to, you know, so we're already kind of a year into our next kind of phase stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for us, it's about, you know, we worked with some amazing designers. We want to work with the best in the world. Um, and we want to, we want their perspectives on things. And I think it's important to take, to get the idea and connect that right idea with, the right designer for it as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. What I what I always um, you know when I look when I look at new entrepreneurs, first time entrepreneurs um, that come through our doors and, and 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 tell us about their idea, I always try to evaluate whether they have the endurance yes. because the passion and the creativity and the vision um, it's something that a lot of us you know a lot of people uh, can have, uh, but I think really this you know this business this uh this life's work uh require um a tremendous amount of endurance so yeah um um i think you got it yeah so two years <laughs> two years ago someone told me that this is going to be your life's work and i was like yeah yeah whatever like i'm launching this <laughs> next year <laughs> um but i think um i've had this so i started young in business and i had like I grew something really fast, really quickly. So by the age of 26, I was, you know, employing a couple hundred people. Um, and then I had a big failure, which taught me a lot. And I think, you know, and, and before that, you, you know, everyone says you got to fail, you got to fail. You know, it's going to, you know, it's going to teach you a lot. It's easier said than done. Easier said than done. <laughs> and you do a lot of soul searching, you know, when it happens. Yeah. Um, so I think it, it's made me not only resilient, but also always thinking about what could happen what what's the things that what's the bad things that could happen in the process mm-hmm. and really thinking and almost premeditating those and almost saying in those kind of what if scenarios um what do you do and 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 that comes through like in your testing program you like test things to death you know <laughs> making sure that especially when you're dealing with power products and things like that you know safety is the most important thing with product mm-hmm. before anything else um yeah, being um, <clears throat> being positive and being paranoid at the same time is uh, is um, it's a strange combination of qualities, but an important one. One of my mentors said, "It's not whether you're paranoid; it's whether you're paranoid enough." Yeah. Um, um, so, a question uh, <laughs> for you: So, what, what's what's next for you? I mean, you've done so many amazing products. Um, so, I'm I'm uh, continuing to work at the small scale, which is the small products, um, um, you know, on connected beauty, for example, with L'Oreal, um, products that are tiny, 
And but I'm also working on much larger scale. Um, so instead of looking down at the product, the product is surrounding you entirely um, in uh, prefab housing, in um, uh, robotic uh, furniture for micro apartments, and starting to uh, apply some of these technologies, some of these um, things we've learned about ergonomics and um, materials and sustainability um, just to the larger built environment. As I believe it's going to continue to get smarter. Um, while it's getting smarter, it also needs to become more invisible. And um, that's, um, that's, another, that's another whole set of products and scale that I'm excited about. That was a conversation between designer Eve Bahar and entrepreneur Asad Hamir. This has been Thought Starters, recorded in the pod at White City Place. Thought Starters is a DNN co-project for White City Place, produced by David Michon, recorded and edited by Sean Crook. To find out how you can record your own podcast at White City Place, find us at whitecityplace.com, on Twitter or Instagram with the handle at whitecityplace, or shoot us an email at podcast at whitecityplace.com. And please remember to subscribe to Thought Starters on iTunes. Give us a rating and write us a comment. It really helps. Until next time.